Winter has also taught me that no amount of success is worth dying for. And that's honestly something that I did not believe <laughs> um, prior to getting really, really sick. Welcome back. We're kicking off 2021 and hoping and praying to God, Allah, the universe, whomever it is that you so worship, that it's better than 2020. I was going to go straight basic on all of you and talk about goal setting since lots of you ask me how I seemingly bend space and time to get more done in a week than most people do in an entire month. But I thought, one, I'm not basic and we're not basic here. But two, before you can appropriately figure out your goals, we all need to do something that I finally have a word for. We all need to winter. As much as I would love to take credit for wintering as a term or a concept, uh, which I'll explain what the heck that means in a hot minute, I, I can't. It was inspired by a UK-based author, Catherine May, and her book that recently spoke to my soul called Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. Wintering is effectively a slowing down or a quieting and listening to the soul so that you can best determine your path forward. It's a period of quiet, of recuperation, of rejuvenation, and ultimately that can help lead to your rebirth. It's a time to get your house in order, to get your life in order, to get your shit together and plan for the future. Life cannot possibly be an endless summer. Okay, you cannot possibly be busy and on the go 100 hours a day. You just can't. You cannot rejuvenate and be reborn if you're in a constant, furious state of movement. We all need a period to slow down, to be quiet, to rejuvenate, and to be reborn. So rather than chat about how we can bend space and time, which we'll save for another week, let's first talk about the dead of your winter. longed for the winter season as long as I can remember in my adult life and particularly in my career life. Uh, for any of you who've uh, had the pleasure of working with me over the past decade plus, uh, typically I take off somewhere around December 15th and you can't really find me again until the start of the new year. Um, but in more recent years, I've started to shift that out a little bit and I actually take that time somewhere around the middle of January. And I, I just use that time as a time of quiet, of solace, of solitude, of peace, so that I can figure out where I am, where I'm going, and ultimately where I want to go. So I've always longed for the majestic quiet of a winter's morn, the beauty and sparkle, of course sparkle, of a fresh fallen snow. And I love that in winter, everything is seemingly dead. And so now you're like, okay, sister, slow down, because we are quickly becoming an episode of Forensic Files. <laughs> no, um, what I mean is that everything just slows down around you. You know, nature shows us that it's okay to take a little bit of time and let off the gas so that you can be reborn again. And that slowdown for us as humans creates less busyness. And that lack of busyness can create space to think. 
And that think space where you can see it all in front of you unfolding more slowly than normal, matrix style, right, is a perfect time to pick and choose what you want to do. Plus, it's really, honestly, it's hard to feel like you're missing out on anything when it's minus 14 degrees outside and your eyeballs freeze when you step out your front door, right? So I just think winter is such a glorious time for those reasons, and it creates an opportunity to, to just think and select and prepare, and when the time is right, to blossom. In reading May's wintering book, it goes deeper than that, though, and, and I've always naturally just wintered annually, but... I didn't realize that there's sort of two levels of wintering. There's a wintering that you do that you slow down. And if you're vigilant about it and you're good about it and you take those wintering moments whenever you need them, um, I think the universe is less likely to force them upon you. And then I realized that there's a second type of wintering, which is an involuntary wintering that I think the universe you know, brings upon us. And, and, I realize that we all come to an often involuntary winter that's forced upon us when our lives grow unruly and we're giving all that we can and then some, and our lives seem seemingly just completely and totally out of control. And the universe has a funny way of forcing winter upon us in those times. What we do with that forced winter can shape our destiny ultimately. Wintering is really our crossroads, if you want to think about it. It's a place where you have to slow down. And the path that you choose at the slowdown can be the difference between your rebirth and an accelerated death. Between 2016 and 2019, I was on a one-way uh, path towards accelerated death, if I'm honest. I was humming at an unsustainable pace, and I had the equivalent of three, yes, three full-time jobs, two gyms, several other businesses and entities. I was teaching, I was lecturing, I was speaking all over the Northern Hemisphere. And in my short stint of my career that had really been building for about a decade had hit what I was calling ludicrous speed. And we had gone straight to plaid. And that's a Spaceballs reference for any of you youngins out there who are like, what in the hell is she talking about right now? And from all outward appearances, that was awesome. You know, who wouldn't want a sexy life doing, doing you know, seemingly sexy lawyering and venture capital type things. Those just sound sexy and fun. And, and from all outward appearances, yeah, that was fun. Don't get me wrong. The travel was fun. Seeing lots of people was fun. Being out there was fun. But on the inside, I was, I was falling apart. The Sunday scaries started on Saturday afternoon. Sunday Sunday scaries often found me in the fetal position on my kitchen floor, just full on panicking. You know, I had a hard time leaving my house because I was so stressed that I didn't know what I was going to face in the outside world. I had zero, and I mean zero, time to myself. I said yes to everything because saying yes and figuring out how to get yet another thing done was easier than slowing down, analyzing a situation, and making a, a decision about yes or no. I traveled five and six days a week sometimes. I effectively lived out of my suitcase, and I was sick just all of the damn time. I was always sick. And the universe <laughs> sent a winter upon me because I wasn't doing enough wintering on my own. One of my organizations, a lot of these things all happened at the same time. And so this is when I mean, the universe sent me a winter, it just kind of like pff, all sorts of things all at once. And, you know, one of my organizations that I was with effectively supernovied and struck its own death knell. And that allowed me to have some time to start to think about my next steps rather than just be reactive all the time. But 
you know, as I've mentioned in other episodes, I was also constantly sick and my sickness was more than me spending too much time on airplanes. Instead, my body was actually manifesting stress um, in the form of an egg-sized mass in the front of my cabeza uh, near near the uh, front part of my brain. So that was uh, neat. And so talk about a forced winter, an involuntary winter. When you're staring down the barrel of everything in your life crashing and burning before you because you didn't take care of yourself first and foremost, what a chilling moment of reckoning that is. And recognizing the damage you've done and a forced slowdown at your crossroads to rectify it is one of the most humbling and beautiful things that the universe can really give you. Now, I survived my involuntary winter. You can listen to other episodes and hear all about that. But I learned so much from it too. And I'm just so grateful for the things that I did learn from that and was able to find in myself and think about for moving forward. And just like the depth of the frozen sparkling landscape, how beautiful is that, right? So lucky. So what did I learn, right? I learned that my an- my annual winters for me are an absolute necessity. And I needed to take them even more seriously than I had been. I needed time of quiet solitude. And I mean absolute solitude. I take no emails during my wintering now. Um, my, my hardcore wintering. <laughs> I don't take any calls, client issues. I don't argue or try to triage problems. I need the absolute quiet and solace, just like the winter brings, right? I need that peace and quiet to think. And before my involuntary winter, um, I would interrupt my vacations, my holidays, my special occasions, my quote unquote winterings that I was attempting to take to, you know, solve the whatever current work crises was and whatever organization was, you know, suggesting it. But the only person who was ever really hurt by me you know, taking on those activities and interrupting my quiet time was me. And honestly, people that I would help, they would quickly lose gratitude for the actions that I'd taken. And worse yet, they would now expect it to happen again and again and again. They saw no boundaries because I had no boundaries. I set no boundaries. Uh, I didn't respect that quiet time. And so now the pendulum has really swung hard in the absolute other direction. And I don't care what the issue is when I'm in solitude, when I'm hardcore wintering, but it can wait, you know, for my health and for my sanity and for me, it can wait. And any issue that you might have that comes up while you're wintering, it can wait too. Winter has also taught me that no amount of success is worth dying for. And that's honestly something that I did not believe um, prior to getting really, really sick. Um, But getting really sick and having sort of everything in your life kind of flash before you um, has a funny way of, of setting that straight for you a little bit. You know, we've moved into a culture where we're encouraged to push ourselves to the brink of just exhaustion and, and burnout. And then we're told we've got to stay there to be, quote, successful. And that's just wrong, if I'm honest with you, right? When you're worried about busyness and quantitative over qualitative work, you're just working to work so that you can brag about it and tell someone how many calls you made that day or how many emails you sent. And honestly, who gives a fuck? 
I'd rather make three smart calls and one smart email and do other shit with my day that's productive and brings me joy or gets more stuff done. You know, why? Because again, I can't be helpful to anyone if I hit the wintering crossroads and I choose a path of accelerated death. If I choose to continue to push and go and go and go at the expense of me for the benefit of everyone else, guess what happens? I die. Everyone else moves on. Not really a great outcome for me. And it's a hard balance between working hard and overworking. I'm not telling you not to work hard. You know, when you're on something, work hard. You don't need to overwork for overwork's sake. And anyone who tells you that, you need to run away from them. Honestly, they're not the people for you. So I'm in no way perfect at this. I'll be the first person to say it, but I try really hard and it's like a muscle. I've just got to keep working at it to get better at it and to get stronger at it. Wintering has also given me time to figure out where I want to go next in my life. And before, in the hustle and and constant summer of my life where everything was just going and humming, I couldn't think about whether the things I did were for me or for someone else, whether they were good or maybe they weren't that great. I I didn't have the time to even discern those basic facts. And now I'm able to choose what I want to do. And more importantly, I'm able to choose me. And I'm able to set goals that work for me. And lo and behold, they also benefit other people too. Because when I'm functioning at my best, the things I'm able to give the world and the universe are far better than they would have been before. But I couldn't get to this place without slowing down and sitting in the quiet of a deep winter to speed back up. You know, I will say I've probably been wintering for about 14 months now and it's it's been a lighter winter but if you know me my and you've really you know asked even you've asked me you know I would tell you my pace is dramatically slower than it was 15 months ago um and I I still even though I've been slower paced for 14 months I think that um I've still longed for this winter that's coming here um because I'm really wrapping up and fine-tuning some of my goals so that I can turn those into micro goals and press on and (laughs) kick it into a new and renewed gear in a refreshed way, in my way, post-winter. Wintering, in my humble opinion, is a must before you can even think about goal setting. So, you know, I challenge you in this first full week of the new year or whenever you need to during the year. It doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year. There's nothing that says, oh, it's the start of a new year. We should set new goals. It's, it's easy to do that, but you can wake up on March 30th and do it then if you want to. But I challenge you to slow down, to let things hibernate around you to let some things die because here's a helpful hint, okay? If they do, they weren't serving you anyway and they don't need to be in your life. And prepare yourself for the next 12 months ahead, the next three years ahead, the next five years ahead, whatever it is that your markers are. But you can't do that effectively. And and, and you have to be honest with yourself. You cannot do that effectively unless you're doing that in a place of quiet, in a place where you're letting your soul speak to you and you're really listening and acting accordingly. And for those of you who are out there saying, well, I can't winter, I can't slow down, you know, the universe is going to force it on you then anyway. So you can take it or you can let it be forced on you. But let me tell you this. When you have an involuntary winter forced upon you, it is a dark, scary, and terrifying place. And even to my worst enemies, I don't wish that on them. Do yourself and the universe a favor 
and slow down to speed up. Let the universe speak to you. Let, let the decisions that you need to make come to you from a place of quiet, from a place of creativity and proactivity, not reactivity and busyness and the humdrum of everyday life. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, don't just be bold. Take some time for you to slow down and be bolder. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Insta at BeBolderCast or visit our blog at TheBolderLife.com. If you have questions or suggestions for me, leave me a message at 614-706-6693.